0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Jesus, we just say, we give your word invitation to our hearts to come and uh, I thank you that your word is like a seed and it, and it never returns void that always produces fruit and season. And so today, Lord, I thank you that your word is imparting faith. Thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so let your word produce faith. Let it produce a harvest in our lives. And so I thank you that today that um, your, your body and your people are being encouraged and they are becoming carriers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, if you have your Bibles, um, or your devices that have Bibles on them. We're gonna be in three different pa- three different chapters this morning. Um, you, can, you can write these down. Uh, the first one is Isaiah 55. The second one is John six. And the third one is Colossians chapter one. I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture today unapologetically. Um, so we're gonna read a lot, but we've got it on the screen so you can read along or follow in your own Bible. So, all right, let's go to Isaiah 55, and it says this. It says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Sounds like a pretty good deal. We've, used, we, we've, we've unpacked this chapter before. but um, it, So I'm gonna read that again. It says, come, say come. come. So this is an invitation, right? This is, this is the Lord saying, come. And if the Lord says, come, we need to come, all right? If, if he's inviting us, how many of you know it's important? Right, it's important. This is, if you are invited by the God who created heaven and earth, everything that we know, we, we need to respond, right? We, we should say, okay, this is probably gonna be good. Um, so come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. It sounds like a good deal, free food. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So he's saying this, there is something that he's offering that doesn't require something from the natural. It doesn't require something that you actually have. It is the free gift of God. That sounds like, sounds like the gospel, right? And this is, this is pre-Jesus. This is in the Old Testament, this is a prophetic word. This is, this is Isaiah the prophet um, communicating God's heart, okay? And so, It says, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? So right here, he's saying this, he's saying we give ourselves a lot of times to things in the natural that we're trying to fill something in our lives, but it will never satisfy. He's saying why? He's not telling you that you need to fast for the rest of your life, stop eating, stop drinking, but he's saying is that there should be a greater emphasis in your life on spiritual things than natural things. I believe that our lives get out of order whenever we put a greater focus on the natural things we can see than the spiritual things that we're receiving from God is every, I believe that most dysfunction in your life is probably because you've set your eyes on something in the natural. And while it may be true, there is a greater reality in the kingdom. There's a greater reality that actually comes from God's heart. Amen. And so it goes on to say, he says, listen, look at somebody and say, listen. Wives, turn to your husbands and say, please listen. But God is saying this, he says, listen, listen to me. So he's telling you this, he's saying, listen. Hear what I'm saying. He says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good. So he's actually giving us, he's giving us this truth. He's saying, in the spirit, you eat by listening. The way that you actually feed in this, on spiritual things is by listening. Okay, y'all caught that? So listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. This sounds like a really good deal. Free food, I eat by listening, I just have to listen. I don't even have to come up with something to say. You're saying if I listen, I'll get to delight in the richest affair. It says give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. Now he took it a step further and said, hey, if you actually wanna really live, you have gotta learn to listen. So we know this, listening is key. Listening is key. Um, Then he goes on to say, I'm gonna start moving through this a little quick now. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler, commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. There is this promise that is attached to you being a person who has heard the word of God, but someone who is continually listening to what God's saying. There is a promise attached to that. There, he's actually here describing the person who has learned to listen to his voice. And, and this, is, this is exciting, because this speaks to your inheritance, it speaks to what is yours. Um, Then he goes on to say, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. "'As the rain and the snow come down from heaven "'and do not return to it without watering the earth "'and making it bud and flourish "'so that it yields seed for the sower "'and bread for the eater, "'so is my word that goes out from my mouth. "'It will not return to me empty, "'but will accomplish what I desire "'and achieve the purpose for which I sent.'" Okay, so he's saying this, when you hear my word, he says, it comes like the rain and the snow, and it's like a seed that's planted, and it causes things to grow. And he says, my word, when I say something, it, it, it isn't just a suggestion, it's not just a, um, a good idea, but it is something that will bear fruit. So let me say this, God's word is like a seed that goes into the earth, okay? I believe when God created the heavens and the earth, when we know his creation, I believe that we know that God rested on the seventh day because the work was finished. I believe that he spoke everything that needed to be spoken in the earth. And I believe that because his word is like seed, there is potential within the earth. Okay, just follow with me. I believe though that timing is important. I believe that there are times and seasons that God reveals what he has already spoken and he is looking for one thing. He is looking for agreement. He is looking for people, his people, that would hear what he has said and that we would agree with what he has said and I believe at that point it actually bears fruit. So the word of God for your life, there are things that I believe God has declared about your life and maybe you even are aware of things the Lord has said about your life, but there is this one thing that that word hinges on is do you believe him and do you say yes to him? Okay, does that make sense? So the word of God is like a seed planted in the ground, but how many of you know a seed needs something to grow? And I believe what it needs to grow is the Lord loves to partner with you in where you actually hear his word, believe his word, and then it produces fruit. And so it's not just while going to scripture and seeing what God has said in his written word is really important, but just repeating the word of God is not enough. It has to be something that the Lord has, you have allowed him to reveal his nature along with his word, and as you see him and what he's spoken, then you can come into agreement. So it's more than just, I'm reading my Bible, it's actually relationship with him. It's knowing him. You know, there's times where, have you ever got a text message from somebody you didn't really know, and you're like, I'm not sure how to take that? Anybody. And, uh, but somebody that I know really well can send me a message, and even if they type it out really weird or wrong and it seems really like passive aggressive or something, I can say, you know what? I could take that a certain way, but I know them. I know their heart. And so I'm choosing to put, to see what they have said through the lens of what I know about their heart, and I'll receive it based on that. As opposed to if you get, um, a message from somebody you don't know, and you're like, okay, this is questionable, and then it leads you saying this. is like, I wanna believe this, but I don't know them, so is it this or is it this? And then you get into that whole thing of, what are they really saying? Are they a nice person? Okay, and I'm saying this to all to say that sometimes even in the Word of God is that we read the Word of God and perceive the Word of God through a lens that isn't actually accurate because we don't know the heart of God. And so the truth is, is that we have to have knowledge of Him and experience of Him. Is that we we not only know what He has said, but we know who He is. The foundation of what we believe about God is that He is good. Amen, y'all with me today? All right, so I know this is is some teaching, but we're going somewhere, and I believe that the Lord wants to um, really release something in our hearts, so let's keep going. All right, so Isaiah 55, to recap what this has said, there was an invitation from the Lord to say, my word, that produces life and it produces fruit. If you would listen to that, you actually become alive because of it. It's that the fruit of your life will actually be the result of you learning to listen to what I say and to agree with it. That's what Isaiah 55 is saying. And it's saying that it'll actually, um, I wanna read this part one more time before we move on. Um, Let me find my spot. Oh, I actually never read this, so it's perfect. Um, Where he he says, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. This is what it says about you as this takes place in your life. It says, you will go out in joy. That sounds good, right? You will go out in joy. And then it says, "You will uh, and be led forth in peace. Who could use some joy and peace? This is God's promise of what his word produces in your life, it says the mountains and hills will burst into song before you. Come on, that means creation. Romans eight says that all of creation is waiting and groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. It means that the actual creation is waiting for humanity to be who they were supposed to be. Sons and daughters, amen? And so it's saying this is that the word of God in you, you listening is that creation is saying, there's somebody that carries the word. There's somebody that carries authority because the word of God has been implanted within them. They've been someone who listens. That's good news. I think Miss Anita's birthday was this week and we we went to breakfast and we all were encouraging her and had a word. And I, there was a scripture that I was thinking of, and that's that scripture, is the, um, you will go out and join, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. What, the trees are clapping for you. It, it always feels good when you're celebrated, right? <laughs> Don't lie, you're like, well, that's just prideful. No, that's just good, okay? is that uh, it's good to be celebrated. You should surround yourself where you're celebrated and then you should celebrate others. But what happens when, it's saying this, is when you carry the word of God, is creation celebrates that. Things around you begin to say, I've been waiting on that. People who don't know the Lord, their hearts, something about when they encounter someone who carries the Lord says, oh, I didn't know I I need, there's something about, what you carry that my soul is longing for. Something about what you've been drinking is, I'm realizing that there's a thirst for that there, right? The woman at the well, Jesus said, if you would have just asked me for living water, and he begins to touch her soul, touch eternity inside of her, and she's like, oh, You're touching that place, the thing, the reason I've been running around and doing all these things is because there wasn't something satisfied, but the thing you're offering me, I didn't know it, but that's the thing that's needed to be satisfied. That's the thing that can only satisfy was you, Jesus. It was you, it's what you give, right? She heard the word. She heard the word. Some of you, you carry You've carried heaviness and brokenness, and I believe that the Word of God wants to come to you today and make you whole. The Word of God wants to come to you and make you alive. Today, I feel like I'm supposed to declare that the Lord is offering you living water today. The thing, he's saying this like Isaiah said, why come and buy what will never satisfy? Some of you, you've been trying. It represents for you, you're trying and all of your going and what I can do and make happen. And I believe the Lord is saying, come and listen and live. Quit all your running around and trying and all your self-help books and come and sit at my feet and listen. Yeah, come and listen. Come and sit at the feet of the one who has living water and he is the bread of life. And so let's, let's unpack this today because um, I believe that the Lord wants to make each one of you carriers of his word. You were designed to carry the word of the Lord. Church isn't the same when the body gathers as people who are carrying the word of the Lord, where it's not like, oh, the pastor does that. No, no, no. All of us, we have capacity to carry the word of the Lord, to listen and to live. What do, I just, for me, I, I think, I, I, I love, let me, let me kind of just share my heart for a minute. I've got lots of scripture to read, but I wanna share my heart. Is This is my heart, is that for us, we as a body, we would move um, from, that, that the, the whole of us would move from just learning to um, encounter him on Sundays and um, times when we meet at church to where we move to a place where Monday through Saturday, including Sunday, we have learned to encounter him all week. That's, that's what the Lord desires, where it's not like, hey, my, my life is kind of um, in these different segments, like the, God has this place and this place, but where our one thing becomes him where he becomes our desire, where when I'm um, unwinding for the night, when my day is kind of closing, instead of my go-to to say, I'm just gonna kind of check out and watch Netflix, it's saying, no, no, my form of entertainment is gonna be Jesus. My, the place I'm going, the place I need to feed is gonna be him. When I wake up, he's what I think about. When I go to sleep, he's on my mind. It's that type of relationship where it's like, he is my life. He is my life. He is my source. It's what it's what it's supposed to be. Okay? It's not it's not like there's not def- different levels of christianity and being a believer. It is not like, well, some people they're really like they're really out there, you know. They they go. They they're really radical, you know. And those people they're real christians. And then there's us, you know, I'm more reserved and conservative in my believing. There's no it's not that. Look, there there are different um, what's the word? There, there are different um, expressions of how we serve God. Each of us have different personalities, but our hearts are always fully his. Our hearts are all his. Our, it, it is not meant for one person to give their whole lives to the Lord and the other person you give bits and pieces It's you either give all of him and get all of him or not, it's, there's, no, there's no in between. That's not meant to be this thing of like, ah, it's just meant to say that he is a Lord, he is God, he is a king that is, that is worth our everything. He's worth our everything. And my desire is that as the body of Christ is that we would not walk in the fear of man, but we would walk in the fear of God where we say, and what that speaks to is that we would have reverence for him that we, as we see him, that yes, he is good and he is loving, but he is a king and he is worthy of honor and reverence. That's why I I, desire, I do not desire to, for us as a church to just have a nice program. I desire to, to us to come and say he is Lord and whatever he wants, that's what's gonna happen. If it's two hours of worship, then that's what we're gonna do. If it is just two hours of what, whatever, uh, I'm saying like whatever he desires, that's what he gets and we get everything in return. He is enough, he is our source. Everything that's good is in him. Everything you could ever really want is in him. And so many of you, you've, you've seen him as a father because it's his goodness that leads you to repentance, but there's this place he wants to teach you where you say, oh, he is king and he's Lord, and I actually get to be hidden under his lordship. I actually don't have to have it. I don't need it my way. I need it his way. That's why he says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts and my ways aren't your ways. But what he's saying is, I will invite you into those. Okay? All right. said this um, Wednesday night at the prayer meeting, but and I maybe said this before, but Jesus, the the cross for you didn't mean that you get to eat once a week when you come to church. The cross for you meant that every day, every moment, 24 seven, you get to feed on him. You get to be in his presence, you get to know him. Let's not reduce the work of the cross, okay? Um, All right, Let's, uh, let's go here, John chapter six. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming to him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I believe Jesus is about to demonstrate Isaiah 55. Okay, Jesus is about to demonstrate Isaiah 55 saying, why spend money on what can never satisfy? He's about to show it because he is the bread of life, okay? So there's a crowd of people. We know this is about Jesus feeding the 5,000. There's the boy who brings the fish and loaves. Jesus, um, he he blesses it and he thanks the father and then he multiplies it and he feeds 5,000 men plus the women and children. So who knows how many, there's probably eight, 9,000 people here at this deal that he took a small amount, blessed it, multiplied it. There was 12 baskets left over. It says that everybody ate as much as they wanted. Okay, it was a miracle. All right, if if we all saw that, we'd be like, oh my gosh, like what? And so, um. except I'd be like, Jesus, can we do filet mignon? And like, anyways, I'd maybe pick something different to, to multiply, but it goes on to say this. This is what happens is Jesus, he does the miracle and the people are saying, this is, this is the prophet that was to come and they were actually planning to make him king. So Jesus rolls out. I love that Jesus was never trying to build a big ministry. He was trying to call people to himself. He was, trying, he was calling for people's hearts, not just their adoration, or not just their, um, you know. I, I'll, I'll show you that in just a second. But so Jesus, the, he, he, he goes from that place, he crosses over into a different place and it says that all the people are searching for him. They're looking for him. And it says they all get in boats. They cross the Sea of Galilee and they end up finding him the next day. So all these thousands of people, they were just fed. They were hungry. They saw a miracle and they were fed. And of course they're looking for Jesus. And so they, they cross and it says this, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Doesn't this sound like Isaiah 55? He's saying, don't, why, why are you doing this for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has placed a seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Or we can talk about faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So what is our feeding on him? Is hearing him. How many of you know that he wants to speak to you and is speaking to you? He is. Um, Let me find my place. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will we do? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Let me tell you this, God doesn't want you just receiving. It is one thing to receive bread from a man, even a good word, even a good spiritual truth. It is a whole nother thing. The thing that will cause you to come alive is when you receive that from the Lord. When it's in the secret place with him and he says, hey, let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you about myself. Let me show you myself. That makes you come alive. All right? He says, For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never drive away for I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. All right, I'm gonna skip down. It says this. um, Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. They will all be taught by God. I feel like today, if I could say anything, is that God wants to personally speak to you and he wants to personally disciple you. He actually wants to come and with each one of you in the secret place and meaning in the quietness where it's just you and him, he wants to talk to you and he wants to teach you and he wants to impart to you and he wants to lead you. He wants to speak to you about the places in your life that you are like, this doesn't make sense and I can't get that right. He actually wants to speak to that thing and make it right. You can't, you can't find out who you really are apart from him. It's in that secret place with him where he's like, hey, this is who you are. This is what I made you for. This is who I am. Um, all right, let me keep going. I'm gonna skip down where it says I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. So this is what happens. Jesus is basically saying I am the bread, and he said that I'm the manna that came down from heaven. He's, he's at this point, he's, he's not, you would almost think Jesus is intentionally trying to drive these people away. Because he goes on to say this, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And it says they were all offended and said, that's, that's pretty tough, and they rolled out. Now for us, today we, we hear that and we get that. Okay, because we, we know what the cross meant. We understand communion. But at the time, these, these guys, they didn't understand that. They didn't know. So he's saying, look, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and they were taking it literally, he says, you have no part of me. And so they all left. All but his 12, they all leave. That's tough, right? But, but I believe Jesus was actually thanking. When this happened, he was making a demonstration for all that would come after he was speaking a spiritual truth and they could only think in the natural. But the spiritual truth was this, is that Jesus desires to be one with you. It was actually Jesus's prayer in John 16, Father, that we would, they would be one with me like me and you have always been one. Us being with him and us learning to be intimate with him and to hear him and to, to know him is answering his prayer. Said this before is I would much rather live my life being an answer to his prayer than him answering my prayers. What an honor that it would be that I could say, Jesus, I'm giving my life in a way where I'm an answer to your prayer, that would be one with you. And that's his desire and always has has been desire. Been his desire is to know you and you to know him He's always desired a people and that he would be their God. That's what he desires at his most, within him. And how does that happen is, how do you get to know somebody on a very practical level? You learn to hear them. You sit down and listen. If you sit down and it's only you talking, then they'll know maybe you, but you'll never know them. How do you get to know them? You come and you sit and you wait long enough to hear. And he, and and, and I'm, I'm gonna show you what that looks like in just a moment. But Jesus, um, he, after, after everyone left, he told his disciples, he said, you do, you do not want to leave too, do you? And Jesus asked the 12, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I love that Peter saying, Lord, I don't have anywhere else to go. I've made you my only option. And so he's saying this, even if you tell me something that's really hard to understand because I've made you my only option and I know that you're good, I've come to know that you're good because I've sat with you and listened a while. Even whenever you're saying things that it, 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 it's t- maybe it's even tough and it doesn't make sense, I'm gonna sit long enough to see your nature. I'm gonna walk with you long enough to actually allow your word to connect with your nature and then it's gonna produce a harvest in my life. I'm not going to just hear a word and say, well, that doesn't make sense, it doesn't resonate, so I'm just gonna back off. Instead, I'm gonna say, Lord, I hear what you're saying, I'm gonna stick around long enough to know your heart, and then it will produce fruit in my life because your word does not return void. All right, we're gonna close with this. Colossians chapter one, we're gonna bring it all home real quick. This is the Apostle Paul, he says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So this is what he's saying right here. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. What's his will? His will is his desire. If he wills it, he desires it, right? Okay, so this is Paul's prayer for the Colossians is he's saying, my prayer is that you will be continually filled with knowledge of what God desires. Like, I want you to know what God wants. How many of you wants to know what God wants? Okay, it's important. It's actually the best. The, 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 the words that are life, it's getting God's heart, it's getting his desire. A lot of times we live in life and we're like, I just, if I only knew what God wanted, Like God saying like, hey, I actually want you to know what I desire. So that's Paul's prayer. I want you to be full of of, uh, knowledge of God's desire through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So it's actually the Spirit of God that is showing you the desires of God. If you go and read in 1 Corinthians chapter two, it says that the spirit of God shows us the heart and mind of God. Says who knows the uh, the mind of a man except the spirit of a man? And so the Bible says, and who knows the mind of God except the spirit of God? And you have the spirit of God. It was a the, the Spirit of God was a gift to you. He the Bible says that his Holy Spirit leads you into all truth, that he is your helper, he is your teacher, he is your guide. So what does he do? He comes and he actually shows you the desires of God. He shows you the heart of God. Okay? Y'all good? All right so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. So he's saying, I want you to know God's desires so that you can live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. You know what the cry of every believer is? The moment you gave your life to the Lord, your deepest cry becomes to please Him. And we can't please Him unless we know what He desires. So it requires from from us to know Him. It requires from us to stop and to listen because He wants you to carry something in you that's greater than you. He wants you to carry something because you've been listening to Him and you carry His desires. There is something about when you come in contact with somebody who knows what God wants If I stepped into this room and I told you, if I had God's heart and said, this is what God desires, it will cause your ear to come. Oh, that's something I need to listen to. That's something I need to hear. Oh, what does God want? What does God desire? What it births is hunger. What it births is saying, if that's what God wants, I want that. And, but the Lord doesn't just want that to be the few people who are ministering from a stage, but what happens whenever you know the desires of God and you walk into a room and you walk up to a person, you say, hey, this is what God desires for you. What you're doing is you're carrying something, a word that doesn't return void. There's been moments in my life where uh, times I'll walk, uh, uh, have the privilege of hearing what God's saying for somebody else and be able to say, hey, I feel like this is what's God saying. And the moment they hear what God's saying and desires for their life, it completely changes their countenance in the way that they walk, the way they talk, the way they move. And that's what the body is supposed to be, that we are carriers of the word, that we actually know his desire and we are making his desires known in the earth. And it's not just making his desires known, but his word, is like a seed that is planted that will bear fruit. Let me keep going, we're wrapping up. And I'll keep saying that. Y'all good this morning? Can y'all give me just a couple more minutes, yeah? So it says this, it said, bearing fruit in every good work, this is what happens to us, we bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I have become its servant, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in his fullness. So Paul's saying, I'm commissioned to give you the fullness of the gospel. And then he goes on to say the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Um, Jesus has decided to make you a dwelling place for himself. Right now, right there, he's saying this. He's saying there's this mystery that hasn't been known for ages. You know, we just read Isaiah. We heard about, I talk about David a lot. These guys before Jesus, they longed to know the one who actually lives inside of you. They they had a, a picture they, they had bits and pieces of what something was coming. Something's coming. And they longed to know that in its fullness. But you today, it says this, it says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed or made known to the Lord's people. Meaning you, like, You, the thing that there were so many before you that wanted to know, you have the opportunity to know. He's living in you. He's not separated from you. He actually went to the cross so that he could reside in you. And then it goes on to say, to them God has chosen So for you, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, which is us, the glorious riches of this mystery. So this mystery is Jesus and there is glorious riches in him. And it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So this is, This is what I'm here to tell you today is that Christ is in you and he is the mystery that we get to seek out and to see him. There are riches in him that are ready to be sought out and we have the privilege of seeking him out. If we would just learn to come and sit and listen, we learn to come and sit and listen. Some of you you might say, I just need God to do a miracle. And he's saying, I want you just to come and sit and listen. God, I need this, I need this. He's saying, okay, what, what, not only what you need, but what you were made for was to carry Him and to know Him. Paul said, I pray that you would have the knowledge of Jesus and that you'd experience His great love for you, that you would know Him and to hear Him. The truth is that today I believe that the Lord wants to deposit in you hunger for Him. There is nothing that separates you from him, is that there is the wealth of heaven, the riches of heaven is waiting to be revealed to those who will stop, sit and listen on a consistent basis so that you can be a carrier of his word. And so that you can be that Isaiah 55 picture that is as you go out, as you go out in joy, you'll go out in joy and you'll be led forth by peace. And the hills, And all of creation is saying, did it, they did it. They listened, they listened, they listened, they carried it, right? (laughs) Creation's waiting to say, they did it. They carry him, they carry his word. They carry his word. And some of you, like the Lord I believe is wanting to woo you and draw you to get alone with him. And he wants to speak to your heart and he wants to take care care of your heart. And he wants to put inside of you his desire for you. Some of you, you have lost your desire for life, but the Lord says, I wanna give you my desire for your life. And it's better than anything you could come up with on your own. Some of you have been saying, I don't know what to do. I don't. The Lord's saying, sit with me, hear me, hear my word. He's already decided about you. He's already made up his mind about you. It's just you coming and finding out what he desires for you. He didn't forget about you. He hasn't pushed you to the side. Some of you, are even now, I just, some of you are saying, well, I, I, I've done this, I've done too much, I deal with this, I deal with that. Every, I, I believe some of you, you, the addictions you deal with, the, the strongholds you deal with, is the moment that you can learn to come and sit with Him and hear His voice, it is going to be the catalyst for your breakthrough. It is going to be the thing that is going to produce life in you. So we have this joy of His Word setting us free, and then this joy of carrying His Word that every, every room we walk So you are meant to be set free by His Word, and then you are meant to set others free by His Word. So come on, let's stand this morning, and I want us to just do this. I want us to ask the Lord to, I want you to ask the Lord to birth in you a new spiritual hunger. Doesn't matter if for some of you, you're like, look, I love the Lord, we've got a great relationship. I'm saying this, let the cry of your heart say more. Let the cry of your heart say, Lord, I want more of you. So Lord, this morning, come on, we just, even now I want you just to focus on him. If it means closing your eyes, Lord, we just come this morning and I just ask that you would deposit in our heart spiritual hunger. Lord, that our desire would be to give you all that we are, knowing that we are giving ourselves to the one who has completely given himself to us. Thank you that you have offered us living water and bread that is the free gift that you give. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted but that at every moment, Lord, that we we can, that we would come and that we would feast on You, on Your Word that gives life, on Your Word that produces a harvest. Lord, Jesus, You even said, You said man shall not live on bread alone, but on every continual word that comes out of the mouth of God. We need Your Word. We need Your voice. We need to know Your Word that's already been spoken and we need to hear your voice in the secret place. We need to know what you've said and we need to know your heart. We need to know why you said it. I pray that you would show us what you see and how you see it. Lord, I pray that your people today, Lord, that as they, as they grow in spiritual hunger, Lord, I pray that you would unveil to them, reveal to them the mysteries of heaven, reveal to them the riches of heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We just receive you. We just receive you. If today, if you don't know Jesus, if you're far from him, I believe today he's asking for your, your whole life. He, He the, the things that have bound your life, the things that have um, kept you hiding in the dark, the Lord wants to deliver you today. He does not want you a, um, a slave to sin, but he wants you a slave to righteousness. And it's not based on what you could do, but it's based on what he has done. And I believe today that Jesus, there's people in the room that the Lord is calling to himself. And if that's you, I want you just to say yes to him. If you say, I haven't known him, I haven't made him Lord of my life, you, ha- you can go straight to him. You can go straight to him even now, just tell him, Lord, here's my whole life. I, I'm sorry for the things I've done, for doing it my own way. I believe that the cross meant for me that I can have life and life to the fullness. So I turn away from my own thing and I turn to you, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life. I wanna ask if our prayer team would come up and I wanna do this, if you're here today and you said, I, I, I want, that, that was me, I need to give my life to him, I need to hear his voice, then um, I, I want you as we close to just come and say yes to him. All right, so let's do this. Jesus, we just thank you for your word. How many of you are thankful for his word? How many are thankful for his word today? What I'm asking you as the body is this, is to go to the secret place, to go with them and say, Lord, teach me to carry your word. Teach me to carry your word, amen? There, there, there is the potential of heaven inside of you, amen? So Abby, if you would lead us in one song, you need a microphone. And as she sings, you guys are dismissed. There's communion in the back. If that's you and you said, hey, I need to give my life to the Lord, then come and see one of our prayer team and we'd love to pray with you. Two things really quick. Um, One, we have a men's event tonight at five o'clock. We're gonna be eating some good food. I've got a word for the men in the house. So we'd love for you to come and join us. Five o'clock here at the church, we're gonna eat. Good food and then better food, the Word of God. And so it's gonna be good, I get to meet some men. Second thing is this, is that we are partnering with an organization called Pure Desire. And we are going to be offering a class that's gonna start next Sunday night. It's gonna be for eight weeks. And um, and what Pure Desire does is it really addresses the um, sexual issues and um, and even addictive issues. And, and what it does is, I, I believe as the church, is that we have to bring this subject to the forefront. Um, I believe for too long it's been a place where we even say, oh, we don't wanna touch that or we shame the idea of it. And this class is informational. It gives good information. And it's not saying if you go to this that you are somebody who is dealing with a sex addiction. But if you do, you, it would be a great place to start. But if you've been affected somewhere, or if you even have kids, it would be a great place to learn about the issues where we just, it, it, it's gonna be um, a format where it's going to be videos we're watching and there's gonna be discussion. Um, but I believe it's, a, it's needed for the body. I believe that we have to change the narrative around sexuality is that we actually need to know what the Lord says and we need to know truth. And so um, Chad and Anjali, right here. They're going to be in the foyer. If you're interested in that class, um, we're going to have re- signups today and next Sunday, but that class starts next Sunday night. We'd love for you to come and be a part. Um, I've heard so much of the material and it's good. It has changed. It has given me tools to even lead my kids in um, in talking about sexual things. And I believe that we need to have these discussions, discussions and this information in the body. And so I believe that the Lord wants to use us to bring a right narrative. Amen? So hey, bless you guys. Go have a wonderful day. If you want to stay and worship for a few minutes, you can. If we can pray with you, let us go and have a great Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.